Richards trying to scoot in there alone. It pinballs to the crease. Scoot! Now a special presentation for you. Oh my god! Here we go, here we go. Welcome to the Pod Street Boys Podcast. With your hosts, Derek. How are you gonna get above it? John. And producer Matt. Unnecessary, but totally necessary. What's not to love? Hey, howdy, hey, it's the Pod Street Bullies. I'm John. Derek, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much, brother. You like that new intro? I do, I do. It's like a little mixture of the old. I mean, I'm not really sold on the deep voice Derek Bob yet, but maybe a few more listens and I'll uh, I'll hop on. I never said that that was me. Let's get one thing straight here. Oh, you're right. I did. But it's me. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right. Gotta get my darling. I can't get enough of your love, baby. Yeah, this isn't you very know, white deep. I can tell you that. <laughs> You know who has gotten way too much of my love? I'm not giving any more of my love to them. I want to say... The MFN <laughs> Philadelphia <laughs> poop show oh. that's going on on the ice. We're going to dive right into there this, There is we? a lot. Oh, yeah. There's there's just way too much to get into to like kind of ease into it, right? This mm. is like the girl you go out with and you're just like on a mission uh we are here to do one thing and that is to talk about just the crap that is taking place with the philadelphia flyers as you all know the only team we can beat is buffalo we barely did that earlier last week then we dropped two to washington and right now buddy it's like tom petty just singing free falling man where do you even want to begin here (laughs) There's so many places to begin. I mean, are we going to talk about the lack of identity of this team? Are we going to talk about really just the lack of direction? Uh, Lack of just, there's there's so much that remains that you just, you're wanting so much more for this team. And the optimists are clinging on to the fact that, oh, they could turn things around. And, you know, they showed us what type of team they are earlier in the season. And it's like... Yes, they might have, but how different does this team really look now compared to what they did earlier in the season? So, well, that's the thing, right? I mean, we had kind of talked about how this was a flawed hockey team right from the beginning. And Mm -hmm. even though they were winning these games, it was like, eventually, if they don't get their act together, this is all going to catch up to them. And And guess what? (laughs) It's caught up to them. It's knocking down the door. (laughs) You've gotten to the point where Elaine Vigneault has no clue what to do anymore. I mean, the different line combinations, the defensive pairings. I mean, it's like, hey, let's put Gustafson on the fourth line because, hey, whatever works at this point. Like, it's clear that there is just – there has been no hope given with this current group where the coaching staff has got to be just at a loss. Nothing they do inspires – anyone on that team like you look at and we're I'm going to pinpoint just this one play here the Canadian suplex Mm. (laughs) Curtis Lazar flipped Scott Lawton on his head at center ice and there were crickets nobody did anything there was at any point no scrum 
No group at middle at the middle of the ice trying to get their hands around Lazar's neck. The ref turned around and didn't even see it. But luckily for him, there were three others that could have seen it, apparently didn't see it, and nothing was called. Not a suspension. I, I I'm not gonna go there because suspensions. I'm not gonna be like he should have right. been suspended. Like who cares? That's not the point. The point is. Nobody on the Flyers stuck up for Scott Lawton there. A guy that would have stuck up for whoever else would have gotten flipped on their head. And and that's the unfortunate part, right? It's like if somebody else gets knocked, at least you can always count on Scott Lawton. But when Scott Lawton gets knocked, there's nobody there. And that's a huge problem. I mean, you're allowed to get physical in hockey games and fight in hockey games because they allow you to almost police your own game. You know, when things get out of hand the players are almost counted on to even things out. That's the beauty of if it. If you're if you're not doing it, then I don't buy anybody telling me that this locker room is close. Mm-mm. Kevin Hayes, you're full of it. There's no way that this group is as close as they claim and they're not diving in, beating the crap out of every capital they see after that play. Curtis Lazar should have never made it into the locker room by the end of the game without at least a black eye and a bloody nose. I'm, I'm just stating the truth. Al-Azar. I mean, someone right. should have went after that guy. And I, I'm not, you know, your your old time hockey. Everybody needs a goon. Like I'm not that type of guy. Right. But Jesus, man, show some heart. Like show a will and a a knack for sticking up for your teammates. Those are your teammates. Those are your brothers. Those are the guys you well, go into battle thing. with every single night and nothing, no response. Nobody was, I mean, there might be some who are calling for like a dirty retaliation. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying just show me you're pissed off. Right. Just show me that that really ticked you off and you're going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And there's none of that on this team right now. There's no spark. It's like they're just on the ice playing the same dopey brand of hockey i don't even know how to brand it anymore (laughs) where it's like hey let's turn it over oh you want to knock the crap out of sean couturier the next game be our guest it's just (laughs) i don't know how you can look at this team and have any sort of optimism and at this point and i don't try to be too dramatic but I said to you before we started this show, let's get a little dramatic because I do not see a light at the end of the tunnel with this current group of players because they are providing me no reason to be optimistic anymore. No, and the physicality aspect, it's like you look at AV's response to that, which didn't come against Buffalo, the team that it really mattered. The next night or the next game they play Washington and they insert 6-1, 2-10, Andy Andrioff, and he goes after somebody, and he fights, right. I think it was uh, Hathaway. And it's like, right. okay, you know, I enjoyed that spark. The Flyers did too. They were really buzzing afterwards. But it's too little too late. Like, I don't want to see that right. a game after. Like, Lazar is on the Buffalo team. Sabres. Yeah, that right. guy's on the Sabres. And back to your point about the dirty retaliation, I don't want someone cheap-shotting him. I don't want someone taking him out at his legs. I want someone to skate up to him, grab him by the collar so that he knows it's coming, and punch him in the face. That's what I'm asking for. (laughs) So I have a question. Okay. Would you consider – because, I mean, we always cry, right? This team needs to be more physical. This team needs to be more physical. But would you consider if they were to kind of 
react the way you'd expect them to after that Lazar play to be more of a physicality thing or more of just like a it's a team camaraderie thing like I don't think you need to be an incredibly physical player to just go and scrum with someone no look at guys like Albe Kubel Lawton would be the first guy to jump in on a pile like that they're not big guys Konechny even I mean to a lesser extent but you don't need to be a big guy to throw down now it, it definitely helps don't get me wrong Right. But stick. Uh, it's the it's the all right. The old adage goes, it's not the size of the dog in the fight; it's the size of the fight in the dog. And I believe in yep. that. You know, right? It's it's just a matter of being there for your teammates when something like that happens. Because obviously, it was dirty. No one wanted to see that happen. And thank God Lawton's okay. But oh my God, man! Like, how do you watch something like that happen and not stick up for the guy? Now. The next kind of part of my question is, is this also a part where leadership should be standing in? Like, Mm. you know, I, I think there's, I think there's a difference, right? I'm not talking about necessarily finding somebody to square up with and fight them. Mm -hmm. Right. I would have given just a go up to the guy, kind of shove him around. Like what you see all the time in hockey, you know, for smaller reasons than that, like you didn't see any of that. And, I don't know, like, shouldn't you be the the leaders in the locker room? And I'm not just saying Claude Giroux, right? I'm saying the older veterans, right? (laughs) Shouldn't that be something that they should be leading by example, right? And going, okay, we're not going to stand for this. That's a leadership role. Yeah, I mean, and to your point, you're not going to typically see a guy like Giroux confront somebody like that. You know, that's, I don't want to say that's below him because then it's, you know, that gets into a different argument. But like, right. Voracek's not a small guy. That would be a guy that I'd be like, yeah, he should go get him. You know, he's one of our skilled guys, but at the same rate, right. he knows how to throw his weight around. He can duke it out with somebody. Let him. I mean, you're right. There is, I mean, the hierarchy and leadership, there's somebody there that would be physically able to probably feed Lazar. Just flat out right. knock him out. Not knock him out. You know what I mean? But. Someone, yes, to your point, should be going after that guy in a higher role with the Flyers. Like that's a that just is a leadership show me thing. Something like Claude Giroux getting into the ref's ear and just be like, "Are you effing kidding me?" Like mm-hmm. that would I? I mean, that's something I would have liked to see from your captain, right? Just yeah. noticeably pissed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you're, and you're not getting it, you know. And I think that we could probably just talk about that part of this until the cows come home but there's just so much more here like you know carter hart is stinking and then thank god we got brian elliott oh wait Mm. oh wait (laughs) uh not so much these past few we had to have seen this coming though i mean right think about in seasons past the core muscle injury and subsequent surgery this is what happens when you ride a single goalie for too long. And especially a goalie like Brian Elliott, who's up there in age, and a guy that is supposed to be your backup. So, right. heart struggling. Okay. You know, it happens. Starting goalies struggle. You can't sit here and tell me that the greatest goalie of all time never struggled. Right. Um, you know, I think it was Adam Kimmelman pointed out some of the seasons past of like some of the best goalies out there. And, 
Hart's on par with those guys right now. Their numbers are very similar. So it's okay. Like, there is light at the end of this tunnel. I firmly believe that. Doesn't take away from the fact that he's playing terrible right now. And it's okay to be frustrated with it. Again, different story. But riding Brian Brian Elliott this hard, had it's going to come back to bite you. And we saw just the other night where Carter Hart came in, led up two goals, I think on 13 shots. Clearly there's something going on in his head, and it's a mental hurdle that he hasn't been able to overcome just yet. And you heard it in the press conference, I believe it was the Buffalo yeah. was it the Buffalo game or the first Washington game where he just sounds ah, completely defeated, man. Like I I feel for the guy. It, I'm still frustrated right. that he's not doing well, but like I feel for the guy. Just hearing it's it's a sound of dejection. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I mean it, you kind of have to expect this with such a young goalie. And I mean, in other positions, right, you can kind of get away with having these off moments because it's not as magnified as when you're a goalie. Yeah. But at this point, right, you can't be riding Brian Elliott. Like, regardless, you know, I mean, I I heard something mentioned today on a podcast I was listening to is possibly sending Carter Hart to Lehigh Valley. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would do worse for him. I, I don't think that would help his confidence. But you just got to keep playing him at this point. I don't think benching him and putting more workload on Brian Elliott is going to help this team or Carter Hart. I think he needs to just kind of play himself out of it. Um, And it's like, can they really get much worse anyway? The thing is, though, too, you know, everybody wants to still talk about the fact that this team could be a contender. And if Hart writes the ship, sure, they could be. But how long are we going to be able to wait? for that to happen before the snowball starts rolling and is getting out of control. Yeah. But honestly though, dude, it's like what I think goalie is the one area where it's like, you really can't do anything to improve that except pray that Carter Hart gets out of this rut. Yeah. Like you're not going to go and pick up another goalie. And who are the internal options? Are you going to call up a guy like Alex Lyon? They just put him off the taxi squad and back in Lehigh Valley to get some games. They picked up uh, Felix Sandstrom and he's on the taxi squad. He's never played an NHL game before. You can't rely on these guys. You know, not to say that they couldn't come in and just blow the doors off the place, but there's no reason to believe that they could. Exactly. And I mean, and that's the thing, right? We're at the part of the season, too, where it's like it's starting to become crunch time. You know, you just lost two straight to the Capitals, right? That that just separates you so far from them. It's like a few more bad games and you start going, uh-oh, like we're not going to make the playoffs because every team you play, you know, it's like a four-point game. Yeah. You've got 25 games. You're 25 games in, I believe, and with, so that would put you at 31 games remaining. It is crunch time. Right. You're in the thick of things right, right now, and it doesn't get any easier. This schedule is grueling. You're playing basically a game every other night with a back-to-back here and there. And that's kind of the big part that I wanted to get into because, yeah, the trade deadline is, what, two, three weeks away still April at this point? 12th, I- so about a month, I'd say, close to a month. Right. But obviously there's a lot of call on Chuck Fletcher to make a move now. And I mean, I agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, if he's going to make a move, they can't afford to wait anymore. I mean, they, this roster has clearly shown that they need help. 
So if he's going to do it, he's got to do it soon before it doesn't matter. Well, we saw... Or you were going to say something, buddy. Yeah, we saw an article, I guess it was a week or so ago, that uh, Inside AHL's Tony Androkidis put out and saying that there were scouts from Nashville scouting the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, Typically doesn't happen, especially in a season where the AHL affiliates or the Preds and Flyers don't play each other at all. So it was worth noting. And now he comes out with another report today saying that there were multiple Nashville scouts at the Phantoms game this afternoon on Sunday. So it would appear that Nashville is really doing their homework if a deal is going to go down. And it's interesting because there have been rumors I've heard from – there's one rumor that I heard from two sources. I believe the one. The other one I think – might have kind of took it from the first source, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Anthony uh, Sanfilippo from Snow the Goalie brought up that he had talked to somebody within the organization, uh, one of his sources, saying that Nashville is looking for Gostisbehere, Gustafson, and likely a boatload of draft picks, it sounded like. Because, let's be honest, if you're going to get both Ekholm and Arvidsson in a deal including Gustafson and Gostaspare, no way in hell they're not asking for a boatload of draft picks because <laughs> I don't think Gustafson holds that much trade value and Ghost isn't much better. Right. I mean, I think Gustafson is only put into this deal to help them make the money work, Absolutely. which is still puzzling to me that it would be Ghost and Gustafson in the same deal. It's mm-hmm. like, Really? You yeah. want you want both of them? I mean, they're like essentially the same guy. Gustafson's got the expiring contract, so it makes sense. Ghost right. has some term, and while he's not necessarily the type of guy you're going to build a blue line around, he could be a steady hand, you know, a veteran that could help with these young kids coming up. Right. I mean, so here's the thing, though, man, and like to kind of put a broader sense on the whole making a deal. Of course. I don't – I'm not convinced that one trade, even if it's for two players, makes this team a playoff team. I just – I think that if, if that's the goal in mind, if it's, okay, I want to add to make us contend, right? Because that's what you're doing. If you're getting trading to, close to the deadline, you're making that push to contend for a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that adding Ekholm and Arvidsson to this team – makes us Stanley Cup contenders. I'm not even I mean, are you? No. Absolutely not. I think that I think that the Flyers are a few moves and a few people getting their butts in gear away <laughs> from even being close to contending. Don't get me wrong, I think it's a great start. I think getting a guy like Ekholm and Arvidsson in this lineup would be a hell of a start, but there are still glaring holes. Right. And see, and but and that's the conflict here, right? You know what's going to be happening at the end of this year, and it's the expansion draft, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't know, I I know that it's going to be on Fletcher's mind because of course it has to be, but like, I'm not necessarily concerned if you get at home, then you have to let somebody else be unprotected, uh, you know. I, at this point, right? I'm like, there's very few people that I'd be that concerned about leaving. But at the same time, it's like I'm starting to think that this roster needs a lot more of a makeover than just a trade deadline acquisition. Like, I think 
if they don't make the playoffs, man, they've got to sit down and really go, okay, who is not, why is this not working? And who do we have to part ways with? Because we need to not rebuild, but change the culture in here because it's the same group of players over and over and over again. And we're just in the same boat all the time. To your first point with the expansion draft right now, personally, I could give two you-know-whats about the expansion draft. I think that just my personality and the way I am, you worry about it when you have to worry about it. Right now, you're mm-hmm. worrying about pursuing a Stanley Cup, if that's the ultimate end goal, which it should be. So oh, right. you make whatever moves necessary in order to bring yourself closer to obtaining that goal. Now, do what you will. Let's say they do bring in... Ekholm and Arvidsson, why why not? Then you're stuck trying to protect three defensemen out of Provorov, Myers, Sanheim, and Ekholm. You can protect all of them. Fletcher did that in Minnesota for the Vegas expansion draft. Now, he lost Alex Tuck and Eric Halla, and I believe a draft pick, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Kind mm. of a pretty price to pay. Um, but, you know, think about it in terms of the Flyers right now. Those types of guys. Tuck was young, big guy. You know, who could we compare that to on the Flyers? <laughs> I, I don't big know. Guy? A big guy? Young, big guy <laughs> with, you know, some potential. I, I would compare a guy like Halla maybe to a Scott Lawton, I'd say, like in, in terms of right. quality. Because Hall is not, you know, an outstanding player, but he's also right. a solid option. So maybe we lose a guy like Scott Lawton. Yeah, it, it would absolutely suck. I would hate to lose him. Well, he's because... an unrestricted free agent. You're right, but he's still, I believe... Um... Is he unrestricted or restricted? He's. A, I think he's a UFA, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's got to be. I don't want to lose Scott Lawton, personally. But, you know what? If it means that, you know, that type of message is going to be sent... Because, let's be honest, at this point, I think Scott Lawton is a piece of this core. I think he's a, a, a leader... In this locker room, he's got more valuable than I mean, he's got more value in him than a Jake Voracek to me at this point. Yeah, he's a jack of all trades. The guy can play up to the second line, in my opinion, and I think he plays it very well. But again, it goes back to the argument we had a couple episodes ago where I think he's going to outprice himself from Philadelphia. But Fletcher can maneuver around this expansion draft. We have the picks right. to do it, we have the prospects to do it. You know, we'll see. Again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, well, they can move this guy, that draft pick, yada, yada, yada. That's not my job. My job is just right. to say I, it's possible. And if well, Ekholm comes in and outperforms Sanheim, leave Sanheim unprotected. I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the thing, too. I was actually going to go the other route because I feel like Sanheim has been one of the better defensemen. You know, people are going to get all pissed about this, but. Go ahead, Phil Myers. You can go unprotected. If we lose you, yeah, we might lose out on what could be. But waiting for the what could be has not worked for this team. You know, and there's some people who are just clinging to, well, we can't let go of them because what they might be. Mm hmm. Because, yeah, they might be this, but they might not be. I mean, he was an unrestricted – I mean, he was an unsi- undrafted, holy moly, there free agent. <laughs> you know, and although I like Phil Myers and I think there's potential there, 
I'm holding on to Ekholm ten times out of ten over Phil Myers, and I'm yeah. I'm not losing sleep over it. No, and I think that at, at this point, man, it's really like I'm very passionate about. I'm done doing the whole. Oh, we need to keep these guys because they're our babies, right? Oh, it's all right. Just hold on to them. You know, we'll we'll get there. Nolan Patrick will get there. Just be like, I'm tired of that. I can't keep just waiting. At this point, it's like, you know what, Scott Lawton, you bust your ass every night. I want you. Jake Voracek, I don't care that you make eight some million dollars a year. I don't care that you're the so-called core of this team. See ya. You know, Kevin Hayes, get your ass in gear. You don't want to get your ass in gear? See ya. Like, I want Scott Lawton's. I want people who are going to go out there and at least look like they were trying to win the goddamn hockey game. Buy into it. Buy into this team, right. you know, don't be out there. I'm not saying that they're out there for themselves. I'm not saying that they don't care. No. Obviously, they care. We know that. But right. Lawton's the guy that's going to lay his, you know, you know what on the line. He's the guy right. that's going to go in night and night out and just bust his hump and do whatever he needs to do to try to get the Flyers to win that game. But in terms of Ekholm, and we're talking hypothetical here as in he's a part of the Flyers now, okay? He hasn't played a sure. game yet. I don't care that he hasn't played a game yet for the Flyers. I'm protecting him as well. But his value to me is going to hinge on how well Provorov does. Because I assume if he's a Flyer eventually, he's going to end up being paired with Provorov on that top pairing. So if we see Provorov return to form like last year when he was with Niskanen, then we know Ekholm's true value. Right. Well... Go ahead. I'm go, sorry. Go ahead, buddy. I, I uh, was just going to talk in circles there. <laughs> so, I mean, see, but you bring up an interesting point, too, because for this season, right, that might work. But Ekholm, to my understanding, is much more of a second pairing defenseman. But is he a second pairing defenseman because of who's on the top pair in Nashville? It might be. I, I mean, I've got, I've got to be honest with you, man. On a good year, I watched two Nashville Predator games. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, so I I really don't know. But from what I'm gathering, right, he's not really a top pairing guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he would slide into that top pair. But it also, you know, just Ivan Provorov, is he truly a number one defenseman? Or is he more of a number two? Because you look like he, he needs that extra person to help lift him. And to me, that's not a true number one guy. A number one guy takes over. Mm-hmm. And he needs that person to prop him up, which is fine. But maybe we need to get somebody else. <laughs> Think of guys like Petrangelo. When he right. really started coming into his own in St. Louis, his defensive partner was Jay Bomeister. Bomeister was towards the tail end of his career, but he added that steadiness and he was that hold fast person on the pair that basically was there to serve as like an insurance uh, policy, you know, if you want to call it that, to Petrangelo. Same thing, but to a greater extent that what Niskanen did with Provorov. So I think Ivan Provorov is a number one. He just doesn't have that partner yet that is going to propel him to be number one. And you can argue, yes, like he shouldn't need that, but it does speak volumes when right now 
he's our best defenseman by a mile. Let's be honest. Of course, of course. Yeah, you bring I, in a no guy, disagreement. You bring in a guy that can compete, that you know might push him a little bit further. We might find out that Ivan Provorov is even better than we imagined. Who knows? We haven't right. seen that yet, though. That's the thing. I just, I really worry about like how long does the hand holding last? You know, if you just look at the difference between what Niskanen, what Niskanen did for him and what he's doing now, which he, he's not horrendous, but he's he's having not a great year. Yeah. Um. At some point, you need to be able to rely on him without that Niskanen type. Now, if you can get it. If you can always have that, that's great. But there needs to be a time where it's like, regardless of who's on the line with Provorov, I know Provorov is going to be what he is. Yeah, that'll come with age, in my opinion. He's still relatively young. So I'm not going to necessarily give him a pass, but like I'm more understanding because he's a little bit younger. I know, but then we can't. But then we can't be like we want this team to win a cup and also be like, let's wait. You know, like there's. Oh, We've no. either got waiting time with Provorov's a... over, right? I, I don't in know, that regard, man. I should say. No, I and I think it's just such a complicated place to be because I think that the value that we have for these guys, obviously, is going to be higher than somebody from the outside would. And I almost wonder if, like, even at an organizational level, if that blinds the Flyers. We've like already wasted Fletcher. Drew's prime, so it's like, what the hell? Why not? <laughs> right. I mean, are we going to start talking about wasting like Konechny and Farabee and all their primes too? Oh, I mean, God. if you waste Farabee's prime, I'm going to pick another team to root for, and we're going to be the we're going to pick another team to podcast about. <laughs> I'm telling you that uh, that guy in Minnesota, what is it, Kirill? No, Kaprizov. Holy crap, Kaprizov. He's fun to watch. Oh, I'm so glad I have him on my fantasy team. He's carrying my fantasy team right now. Yeah, and nice. I'm bad. I have a terrible team because I don't check my lineup you, or set you it. Decided you decided to do fantasy hockey without me. Uh, it was a PSN thing. You left PSN, and uh, we're dead to all of us. So. so did you? Well, yeah, but this was after I joined the league. So <laughs> I'm just having fun. So. I mean, we all agree, right? Changes need to be made. It'll just be interesting to see kind of what these changes are, whether it's like a we're making these changes to push for a cup this year or we're making changes with guy, for guys who have term because we need to make like this lock. I mean, this roster cannot look the same because it's not working. No. Like, there's I just too want many players, hockey trades. Yeah, there's too many players on team-friendly deals, you could call them. To be, to, you can't waste that deal. Provorov's making six and a half. Konechny, your leading scorer from last year, is making five and a half. Bring in people to supplement and bring in people to fill in those holes and make this team as good as it should be. Right. I mean, and you have these older guys where you can slide in the younger guys, and I'm I'm fine with it. You know, if you get rid of, of, of I keep going to him, but Voracek mm-hmm. and say, okay, connect me. Now you're that like, yeah, connect yeah. me hasn't been great, but I'm okay with that. Like it's, it's okay to have a bit of a changing of the guard. And we've seen it too. He does better when he plays more in a game, when he's averaging more ice time, he typically performs better. So give him Voracek's ice time, 
give him an, right. an extra minute the, the next night and then an, an extra minute the next night. You know, let him work up to it, become acclimated to it, see how he performs. Because I think, I mean, that was a big sticking point in contract negotiations. It's like, look what I've done with the little bit of ice time that Hackstall gave me. Exactly. So let him play more and let him do more. Power play right. time. I, I don't, you know, penalty kill, I, I think we're, we're okay without connecting on the penalty kill. But, like, <laughs> you know, well, penalty kill's terrible as it is. But I whatever. mean, today, I mean, these days, we would put anybody at this point. I'll go play penalty kill. Just, Somebody's just sitting there with one of those bingo things. All right, this time we've got. <laughs> number 13. Who's number the Kevin? Kevin Hayes, get out there. <laughs> yep. Oh, um, boy. I, I want to shift the conversation a little bit to playing the blame game. Okay. Because I think that's something that fans, we all love to do. Oh, yeah. And I want to talk about which aspect of the Flyers organization is to blame for, I, I mean, this disappointing season to this point. And I'm talking Chuck Fletcher. I'm talking coaching staff. And I'm talking the roster. And I mean, I made it kind of clear on Twitter where my opinions lie, but so I want you to go first here. Who is at fault at this point in time? And I know that you're going to be like, well, I can put it on anybody who has the bulk of the fault here and not just a particular roster player, either Mm -hmm. the roster, the coaches or the GM. Of course. No, I, I get what you're saying here. And I want to preface it by going into some examples. So we've seen the power play flounder mm-hmm. we've seen basically the same players and we've seen a mix of players you know patrick was on the top power play unit the other night didn't do anything we've seen connect get benched and thought that that was going to be the spark that needed to be lit under him to get him performing again that didn't work to me that spells out that the coaching staff is trying to do whatever they deem necessary to get this team going and it's not working and again to me it's not working because the players aren't seizing that brass ring they're not going up and trying to you know seize the moment and become what they need to be so while I'm not going to sit here and you know it's the players fault those lazy SOBs you know I'm not gonna sit here and belittle anybody but at some point you've said it multiple times it does need to fall on the players shoulders they're the ones out there playing the game and sure you can argue well the system well the plays well the power play well the penalty kill like well who are the people on those power plays who are the people in that system are are they you know performing like sure you know we saw the other night they give us glimmers of hope that they might come back into a game, but they're coming back. They're already down, and they're down big. Right. And I'm sick and tired of that, but that's another argument. It's right. the players. And whether it needs to be a shakeup, whether they need to just go into the locker room, wipe the slate clean, and say, okay, here are four completely different lines from anything we've ever rolled out there. We're just going to start throwing it at the wall and see what sticks. There are lines that are working, don't get me wrong, but for the most part, they're not. You know, there's other, like a majority, three out of their four lines is not working. So it does fall on the players. 
They're the ones out there, and they're the ones that need to be competing, and they're the ones that need to be putting up points, and they're not. I mean, I almost look at this as having a car that ha- clearly has a problem, but you don't know where the problem is. So, first thing you do is change the engine. I don't, I don't know. You right, <laughs> replace the engine. Okay? Then you replace the brakes. But those two things are new now, and they're still having problems. So you got to go to the thing that you haven't changed. And the Philadelphia Flyers address what are you are you farting what is happening over that there? is my cooler the cooler that is meant to oh hold oh for yeah, is that what they call that mm. and it's holding my beer right now all right likely kid. story anyway <laughs> a few years ago right the philadelphia flyers organization was not pleased with the performance of the team so they changed the general manager they changed the head coach, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, obviously other players were brought in because that's what general managers do. But those same issues have persisted. So now it's time to hold key pieces of this roster accountable. Like, Jesus, don't waste your time going, whoa, neck. Abe Kubel, I'm holding you No. Robert I Haig, need... he's, he's terrible. Right. <laughs> Which... Right. I need okay. – everybody to start holding the big pieces of this roster accountable and if they're not going to cut it which i'm sorry they're proving that they haven't there needs to be changes right the fault for me yeah you could nitpick and you could say well fletcher didn't do this and and av should have done that and and i agree to a certain extent but to me all of the blame at this point for me throws right on the roster oh yeah like I mean, like you've mentioned, the coaching staff, what else can they do at this point besides completely just try a brand new system that none of them have ever coached before and be like, hey, let's try this. You know, let's only skate backwards and use your non-dominant hand instead of your dominant hand. Put one one hand behind your back, skate on this leg. Right. (laughs) Right. And now – I'm going to get a little bit more on Fletcher if he still decides to do nothing, you know, come trade deadline time. Now, factor in this too, though, the owner of the Flyers, Dave Scott, Comcast Mm -hmm. guy, I'm sure that he's going to have a pretty big say in what happens when we get closer to the deadline. He He's motivated by the almighty dollar, so he's going to want to put something, you know, productive out on the ice and he's going to want to do something to make sure that that happens i again i you know we'll see but chuck fletcher i'm not going to say he'll have well, a final say in all that but then it goes who do they go out and get right if fletcher goes and gets goligoski is that goligoski is that Don't the guy from arizona that they mentioned right so if it's like a deal like that i'm going to be like well <laughs> You know, at that point, I, I'll start getting a little bit more concerned. But at this point, to me, man, it, it's the roster. You look at this team on the ice, and it is just pathetic, the kind of hockey that they play. It is. So. It's absolutely pathetic. Yeah. And even more pathetic is the fact that you bring up Goligoski. Like, why? Right. I, and I'm going right. to go off on a mini tangent. I apologize. But, like, this guy's got two assists in 27 games. And this is the guy right. you think is going to solve the problems? 
that we have on the blue line, he's 35, 35 years old. Like, right. what in the world? I, I just, uh, it, it boggles I've my got, mind. Yeah, I've got two names on defense, and I think those are the only two that I'm going to be satisfied with unless there's, like, a big name out there that just hasn't been brought up. Ekholm and Ristolainen. Yep. I I love the idea of bringing Ristolainen to this team because mm-hmm. he can get on or whatever, but he's big, right? He's physical, mm-hmm. and he's played for a really crappy team his entire career. Like, let's give the guy a break and be like, you know – We've seen what happens when you play for a losing culture as long as that and what it does. Like, he's somebody who's desperate for a change of scenery, and Philadelphia would be a great place for him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about the names that I don't even want that Savard character. I'm looking at this guy right now, like 30 years old. I just, what, what about this guy pops out and says, we need to go get him? Like him, Goligoski, like these names that people are throwing out there. I'm just maybe it's the fact that it's not going to take much to get them, but that's because they're not that good. <laughs> like well, common also sense who's should available say. too. But okay, so Savard is available. Why? Why is he going right. to be an improvement over Braun? Hey, well, okay. There's a lot of people out there that would be an improvement over Braun and Haig, sure. But, like, how much? Right. We're looking for a substantial improvement. And is this guy really a right. substantial improvement? if you're going to give improvement? up assets. Yeah, exactly. Right. If you're going to give up assets. And, and see, but that's the thing, too, right? Is, like, we keep saying, well, you got to go out and get this, or you got to go out and get this. But people aren't just, like, giving top four defensemen away. Like, quality top four defensemen away. Exactly. <laughs> You know, it's not like you could just, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, flush with them. Sure. Why not? You know, I want you to get better. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when you bring up names like Goligovsky and Savard, it's like you are in a bowl full of pretzels looking for a chip. And you found one of those pretzel chips things, those like thinned out pretzel crisps or whatever. And you're like, ah, close enough. And you take that and you eat it. Yeah, you're in the you're in the trail mix looking for an M M&M and M, and you pulled out checks mix. Right, you know that that's the comparable there. <laughs> right, you know. So and if and if those are the moves that are to be made, I'd rather them just wait to blow crap up over the off season. Yeah, if there's like, no moves to be waste. made at the deadline, there's no point. You know. Right, I mean, I hope they do something. You know, even if it's just to get somebody like just to. Just to like make, uh, make a statement, like mm-hmm. just to be like, okay, just so you have an idea of what's coming. This is what we just did, you know. It, it can only help bringing in a guy on right. the blue line and saying, okay, this is the guy we're putting in the lineup. Your bottom pairing and likely your middle pairing are going to look at that and say, that guy's gunning for my job. I better start playing better. Right. So even though I feel like this entire episode has been a rant before we go ahead and get you to your pop-off i think the biggest thing we have to talk about right now is how crucial the week ahead is for the philadelphia flyers what do they play is it two against the rangers yep and then two against the islanders yep or three against the islanders i believe it's two um 
I'd have to. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. We don't. We don't need to be completely prepared for this. Anyway, it's three against they have the Isles, another... but it spans to next Monday. Okay, so by the time we ha- record this podcast, it'll be two against the Islanders. Yeah. If you're looking at another week like this past week, and they maybe pull off one win, we've this, this team has gone from talking about adding to we're selling. Because now you've put yourself in such a hole that you're not getting out of. If you cannot get your SHIT together against the Rangers and the Islanders this week, you can pretty much kiss the playoffs goodbye, in my opinion. You lose both game to the rain both games to the Rangers and you slide to sixth in the East. The Rangers then overtake you. And if you can't beat the Isles, depending on what New Jersey does, they might surpass you. And that's embarrassing. Right. And you're within a couple points of maybe the Buffalo Sabres. Now, don't get me started because there's no way right. the Buffalo Sabres should ever overtake the Flyers in the standings. I said the same thing about the Devils, though. There's no way the Devils should surpass the Flyers in the standings. But here we are, staring down that barrel, thinking, holy crap, the Rangers shouldn't be where they are right now. They should have less. They're 11, 12, and 3. The Flyers are 13, 9, and 3. You know, right. this is <laughs> this is so frustrating. Oh, well, you need to win. To me, you need to win both games against the Rangers because, again, this is about finding out where you are in the standings as far as what tier you're on. Okay, we're clearly not at Capitals level. We're clearly not at Boston's level, even though Boston can't seem to beat anybody but us. I mean, I. Dare I say we're not even at the Pittsburgh Penguins level. Um, nope. I mean, especially at this point, we haven't really played the Islanders. We are not at the Islanders level. We played um, them twice they and we beat lost. them. It's like New Year's. Yeah, yeah well, but they haven't lost. It's like New Year's Day nine, or something like one, that, two, right? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight. They've won nine straight games, and they've won 11 of their last 12. Yeah, so yeah, we're not on that level. No, they're on fire I don't care right that now. we beat them. Right. So you need to beat the Rangers because if you start losing to the Rangers and it's like, well, the only team we're really beating teams we're beating are the Sabres and the Devils. And that's not the company that you want to be in. No, absolutely not. So anyway, <laughs> all in Philadelphia Flyers land sucks. And anybody who is trying to be optimistic about it is an idiot. Mm-hmm. That's my minor pod street pop off, Derek. Be- but I don't want to steal any more time from you. I'm actually very interested to see what you have to pop off about today because typically we have an idea what each of us are going to go off about. I'm clueless here, buddy. I didn't even know what I was going to pop off about until maybe halfway through this episode. And Perfect. what I'm going to pop off about is actually elaborating on what you just said. <laughs> it's kind I of a mixture. It. So... You know, start the clock, whatever. Um, sure. We, we want to talk about the fact that you can blame coaches, you can blame players, you can blame systems, GMs, whatever. Fans as a whole, and I'm talking fans, people that like the team, that follow the team, aren't as objective as you and I can be and typically are. They grow attached to these players, like your Giroux, your Voracek's, you know, your Provorovs to a lesser extent. So 
everything that is wrong with the team isn't their fault anymore. It's always something else. It's the coach's problem. It's the fact that the power play system isn't working. It's Tarion's fault. It's Yo's fault for putting a terrible penalty kill out there. People don't want to look at it objectively and think that some of these players have played for three different coaches. And in some cases, four. If you count Scott Gordon's interim tenure uh, a year ago, two years ago, I want to say now. So there have been multiple coaches. They haven't done anything. They've won one playoff round. And in the midst of all that, they've been ousted how many times now in the first round? You know, I'm starting to open up my other hand to start that count. But anyways, blowing up the core isn't a terrible thing. We've seen it happen before with other teams, and it's worked. There's other times where it's completely backfired, and you end up like the Buffalo Sabres. (laughs) I'm not saying that would ever happen in Philadelphia. I don't think anybody in power would let that happen. You've got to understand, though, that at the end of the day, this is a business. The Flyers are run by a guy who runs a very successful business in Comcast, in Dave Scott. He knows how to run a successful business. The Flyers, to him, are a business. Business, 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 business. I don't care how much your grown baby boy, Nolan Patrick, is the cutest thing you've ever seen. And the fact that, oh, he had the shootout goal the other night. And he had a goal. His first goal in, what, 17, 18 games? Fantastic, guys. Awesome. Let me give you a round of applause because you're Baby boy, scored a goal. Let's give him the heart trophy, which we got yelled at on Twitter for. Somebody apparently thinks we suck. Um, <clears throat> still <laughs> follows us, though, so whatever. Calvin. Yeah, Calvin. Good old Missing Calvin. Hobbs. <laughs> that, was, that was an underrated joke on your part. I'll give you credit there. Thank you. I know. I didn't get the love that I deserved for that one. That was good. That was that was very right. good. But I appreciate it. People are going to start getting traded if the Flyers don't find a level of success here. And you need to understand that they're not doing it because they saw your one tweet that Claude Giroux is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And even though Laviolette said he's the best player in the world, not true. Though he's good. I like him too. He was my first official, authentic Flyers jersey. If they trade him, I'll be upset, sure. But you know damn well they're getting a good deal out of it because you're not going to trade him unless you have a good deal on the books there. Things like that are going to happen. I just... And, you know, I'm going to end up talking in circles here, and I apologize, but, like, you blow up the core because it's not working. Things are not working. And you've gone through every other option. You've brought in Baruby, and now you've brought in Vino. You had Scott Gordon. You had he who should not be named in Dave Haxtall for an ungodly amount of time, and nothing happened. So guess what, guys? Now you have a coach in Elaine Vino, and then two assistant coaches who used to be head coaches, somewhat successful head coaches, and it's still not working. Think about it. Success behind the bench on all levels. 
and your players aren't performing. Hmm. That's a tough one, right? Uh, you know, am I remiss to admit that I think a little bit of the blame should be placed on the players here? But put take all right, all right. Take your orange colored blinders off for a second here. Quit writing your articles that praise players that don't know how to put the puck in the back of the net. Stop telling everybody that it's going to be okay and that. Nolan Patrick is the best number two pick that's ever played the game. Stop. Oh, Nolan and Oscar deserve our praise and deserve to hear all the support from the Flyers fan base. I I love the guys and I think that they're great and I'm glad that they've overcome the obstacles that were in their way to return to a normal NHL career. But guess what? Now they're in the midst of a normal NHL career and they're not performing So guess what? If I'm the coach, I'm going to bench them because right now they suck. I'm putting the best (laughs) players out there that deserve to be out there. And sure, Nolan Patrick probably bought himself another couple games because of that one goal. Kudos, pal. Awesome job on that one goal in 17 bleeping games. Oscar, come on, pal. Need to see a little bit more. But, God, man, just get on board with the fact that this team is bad. You know, it's not – it's okay. And just understand that if moves happen, it's not because you love Giroux and they want to be spiteful or whatever player. It's because they want to make this team better. I agree with you, man. Well done. And we kept it hockey. Yeah. We kept it hockey. But, I mean, and you know, I don't don't want to keep going on it, but it's true. Like – if they do trade Claude Giroux or any of the bigger guys, it's like you need to almost feel like relieved about it because it means that the team has noticed something and they're doing something about it. Like it'd be more problematic if they just kept allowing this to happen with that same group. Mm-hmm. Then there'd be a bigger problem. Yeah. I just but, looked at the time too and sorry about that. <laughs> that was That was a rant, brother. Yeah, well, Yo, before you know, we it builds up a little before bit. Before we wrap it up, though, <laughs> I got to tell you, remember we were talking about that show last week on Netflix? Um, Behind Her Eyes. Behind Her Eyes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you something. I've got a new obsession on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's the British shows. <laughs> if you have an English accent on a Netflix show, there's a 95% chance that the show kicks ass. I have watched so many good like murder mysteries or like or thrillers from like England. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch anything else. I just got finished watching The Stranger. Did you see that one? The Stranger. Um... She like the first episode. She goes up. I mean, this girl goes up. To this guy and is like, "Your wife faked her pregnancy." Wow. And then it just unravels into this crazy event. Good stuff, man. Broad Church is another one where I'm like, what? The Britons have got it right on the Netflix. British? The, no, the Britons. The Britons? The, not the British. Yeah, they're like a family. Meet the Britons. <laughs> Meet the Britons. Good Tommy guy. Britton, Bobby Britton, Charlene <laughs> Britton. That's what all the actors' last names are, Britton. Ah, uh, okay. I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway highly recommend british netflix shows or like scotland too they count i think they're essentially britain 
well, but the there's some in, there's uh, some good ones out there. The guy in behind her eyes is Scottish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the British shows, man, they're killing it yeah. right now the on European, Netflix. We can say European shows. There we go. The European shows. Yeah. But okay. not the ones with the subtitles. No, like I gotta sub- be able to. Yeah. I can't Are you a dub it. guy or a subtitle guy or none of the above? None of the above. It, it drives I me. I can't n- do the dub either. I can do the dub, but like, I don't know. I, I'd rather do the dub than the subtitles because if I'm watching a movie, I want to hear it. I don't want to have to read. I don't like reading. I'm not good at reading. I know. <laughs> I know. That's all right, buddy. Yeah, I know. Anyway, well, I'll get over it. <laughs> After our little Netflix talk here, got to watch the Britons. Anyway, Derek, could you please find, I mean, could you please tell us where you could find us on Twitter? I could find us easy. Just give me a second. But Could you find us on Twitter? I, I, I could. You'll just have to search uh, that Calvin guy's Twitter account and find out who he tweeted last calling him, what was it, a, a shit sandwich or something like that? Yeah, that was interesting. Calvin. Uh, you can find the Pod Street Bullies on Twitter at PodSTBullies. You can find myself on Twitter at PodStreetBob, John on Twitter at PodStreetGove. You can find all of our superbly written work at PodSTBullies.com. We have new stuff out damn near every day, even with the short staff. We're just that good. We're really good at what we do, I swear to God. You hear us every week. You know that. But anyways, I'm going to turn it over to John, and he's going to let you know where you can find us to listen to us. First thing, dude, we, we kind of did an oopsie. An oopsie? Yeah. And you talking about the whole Calvin thing made me think about it. Oh, Lord. So if you've gone this entire show and realized <laughs> that we're missing Nat again, it's because we're missing Nat again. We Nat, are. Once again, could not uh, join us tonight because he is super busy with his real job, unfortunately. But Nat kind of brought the whole Calvin thing to our attention and was like, see what this guy wrote on Twitter? He's like, I was thinking about saying something about it. Like, you don't want to make these people more famous. And me and Derek are like, F it. Who cares if he gets famous? I'm all about dragging people. Like, it sounds oh, terrible. Yeah. But like, you know, sorry, man. You come at the king. Expect it. <laughs> that he go, that goes, who just made him more famous? It's like we both did. <laughs> we both raised our hands. We're like, that was us. <laughs> anyway, you can find this lovely podcast on all your various podcast listening receptacles, such as um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, um, Overtune, or whatever it's called. Overcast. Uh, overcast that one you can google us and find us on all those but the one that you can't google because it's so secretive is my favorite pod muncher yep that's right you've all heard it before pod muncher if you're looking for the pod street bully show you have come to love so much with a little bit extra like Derek's pod uh pod street pop-off with sizzling bacon in the background mm. just sizzling bacon for the whole time you want to go to pod muncher Right now, if you go to Podmuncher and put in promo code Orange Banner, you get twenty six point nine three eight percent off your first month. Yes, I just looked at an orange banner on the wall, and that's where I got that promo code. Anyway, Jesus. Derek, do you even want to leave people the way that you typically leave them? I do, just because there is a shred of optimism in me. But 
it is somewhat being overtaken by pessimism. But regardless, as I've always left you, just because it's habit, let's go Flyers. Bye now.